Hello and welcome to Let's Pod This. Happy Friday. Good to be with you. My name is Andy Moore. I am one of your hosts and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Scott Melson. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm well. Good to see you on this uh, fine Friday afternoon. Listeners, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's good to be with you again this week. We've got a great show for you this week. Uh, We're near the end of session. Things are winding down. Deals are being struck. Finally. Uh, and um, the AG's in the news yet again. Uh, so it's a it's a busy week. Friday night in the big town. Joining us this week in the podcast studio here in the Democracy Den is one Rami Melson. Uh, does Rami have a middle name? Uh, no, but but Rami is short for Harami. Harami. So, yes. So his, Pardon me. So his, Harami Melson. So his full his full name is, is given name. Harami. Harami Melson. Right. Um, and Harami is a Mal- Malamute. He is. He's an Alaskan Malamute. Mm. He's, uh, he will be nine months old next week. That's very exciting. Well, if you hear dog sounds in the background, listeners, uh, that's because there's a dog in here. It's not just me and Scott. Three dogs. <laughs> right, right, it's a three right. dog night, as uh, as they would say. Rimshot gif. Oh, right. A rimshot. There we go. Um, that was a quiet rimshot. <laughs> well, um, Scott, let's get to it thanks for bringing your dog to the studio by the way thank thanks for allowing it down here that i mean he he likes dens because <laughs> he looks like a wolf is, is that why yeah yeah um so we're going to talk about a few things today i think um let's start with the the deal right let's the, the there has been a deal reached um specifically not a full budget deal but a deal about education funding and vouchers, right? So essentially what happened, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Didn't we skip last week? Uh, no, last week was virtual with Emma. Oh, that's budget. right. Well, we yeah. talked about this last week. Yes, Man. yes, yes. yes, yes. But, well, the deal wasn't done yet. We were, are they going to get a deal? What's it going to be? Right. How's the, what's it, what's it going to look like? But they had brought in, right, the former Supreme Court justice <laughs> yes. to be the like arbitrator or the mediator of those conversations. And they got to a deal um, on education and vouchers, and it passed the House, or it passed the Senate first, then it passed the House, and Speaker McCall like captured it right through a right. a um, legislative a motion to reconsider. I believe no, no, uh, no. It's a motion to capture. Oh, is that what is it, is it called motion to capture? I'm pretty sure, okay. but um, I don't know. So that it can be reconsidered. No, that's a separate motion. Um, that is part of it, yes, but he. He basically, and maybe that I don't know. I'm hell. I'm not a. I'm not a. What's it called? Um, a scholar of Robert's rules. Robert's rules. Yeah, I'm not Robert. I don't set rules. And um, parliamentary procedure. That's the term I'm looking for. I'm not a parliamentarian, but man, that's a cool ass title. Maybe I wish I was. Anyway, Speaker McCall captured the bill. He did file or did uh, move to reconsider, um, and so it's. Still at the house. It, and the short answer is, or the long long story short, it has not gone to the governor's desk yet. He said, "I'll like we've all agreed, we've passed it. We'll send it to the governor's desk just as soon as he puts his uh, Herbie Hancock on the education budget." Right. That we well, and so I think McCall did this. McCall did this one to put leverage on the governor, but also on the Senate because the version of this bill, right, is the is closer to the Senate version, right? Right, but both so chambers have passed both, it. Yeah, but both chambers passed it, but the version of the bill is closer to the Senate bill. So the Senate passed it, the House passed it, then McCall grabbed it and said, yeah, uh, 
I'll, I'll send it to the governor. It's pretty, Mr. McCall saying, pretty, uh, pretty nice education bill you got there. Uh, mm-hmm. Shame if uh, something happened to it. <laughs> right. Uh, as it's in my pocket. Right. So now that I've, now that I've passed this, uh, now, now, now that I've passed this, um, um, you're going to go ahead, uh, you're, you're going to go ahead and, uh, and pass the things that I want. So, you know, here's a parliamentary question to which I don't know the answer either. Is it, there's a lot of, pomp and circumstance around this, right? When they when they send the bill to the other side, I think of the scene from the West Wing where they send the bill to the president, right? And they have the little person in the middle of the night that does the thing and they say what they got to say and he says the thing back. I don't know how formal it is at the state legislature, but is this like a capture the flag? Like, could the governor send in spies <laughs> to steal it from the speaker's desk? Like, is it under lock and key? I, I don't think so. I think it's the I, I don't I don't think that the governor can like sign. Like I think if they if it has not gone through the process, it doesn't matter if the has, governor actually like signs it's, it. There's like some sort of um, possession yeah. record of possession. Right. How it gets over there. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's good. I'm glad there's not. That could be a real mess. But that was the bill. You're, bill you're talking about is HB uh, is uh, HB 1934, which is the refundable tax credit program, aka vouchers, uh, for the private school and homeschool families. Um, that uh, so that that is the bill that that uh, that uh, speaker has been holding on to. Um, this new budget agreement will send uh, about $286 million um, to fund teacher and certified school pay raises. So depending on longevity, personnel will get raises of $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, or $6,000 for all school districts. There will be $214 million of new appropriations into the state funding equalization formula. So that plus the teacher pay raises is $500 million going into the formula. They're going to change the formula um, that's going to – change how they compensate for bus transportation, um, support schools that have higher percentages of socioeconomically disadvantaged students, and also um, change the change um, how eligibility is, is calculated for the small school formula weight. Okay. Right. Um, and then there's $125 million of funding for next fiscal year in the Redbud Fund, which I cannot 100% explain to you how the Redbud Fund works. I don't know either, but it really has come up a lot this session. We probably should do some research on it. Right. And so uh, – and then there's a $3 million program uh, for a three-year – a $3 million per year program for three years uh, for elementary school reading specialists and then six weeks paid maternity leave for school employees. Um just one second. Did did school employees not already have paid maternity leave? I don't think so. That's that's some jacked up stuff, man. Oh, I mean, like that's yeah. like that's screwed up. I think Scott. At this point, I think we can assume that whatever seems crazy and backwards is probably the case, right? Like, in Oklahoma, that's 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 messed up. But all this to say. Um, is oh, and then there's another 150 million uh, for a three-year pilot program for school safety, which is going to be uh, more school resource officers, um, because we can't do anything about the guns. We won't do anything about the guns, so we're going to spend a hundred. <laughs> we we won't. We refuse to address guns, so we're going to spend 150 million dollars to try and turn schools into fortresses, so that we don't have to try and address the guns. And I, and this is fiscal responsibility, folks. There was another bill today, actually, that passed. Um, it is House Bill 2903, and it's going to invest, um, I think, another $50 million, I think it's $50 million, into school resource officers, which is, I don't know, like some back of the napkin, that's like 650 or 670 school resource officers 
around the state, which is a lot. And I don't, I don't know. Like they've they've advertised this or they've marketed it under the guise of like preventing school shootings. But I think we know like school resource officers don't prevent shootings. I mean, this is this is terrible. But like because I can't. I mean, uh, I I should remember, but there's so many of them now. What is what was the most recent one in? Uh, in Texas, there was the the elementary school in Texas. Right, there was just absolutely in uh, in Western uh, in, in East Texas. Um, there was just what was what's the name of the school? I don't. It's it's I don't but, remember but you, either. But you know the one I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Um, where the the cops didn't do anything for like 15 minutes. Oh, that's right? that's the one. That's not the most recent one. That's the one that's been a minute from Uvalde. Yes, from Uvalde. Okay, that's that's, what I'm thinking. That was so, last year, year before. So not not year before it hasn't been more than a year, has it? I don't know, man. This is can There's, I just say it's this is so there are screwed up that we're even having this conversation. More mass shootings than days this year so far, right? Like the other day, there have been like 160 something days in the 220 mass shootings in America. Jeez. And again, for the record, we are the only country, the only civilized country in the world that deals with this problem. Right. We also have the loosest gun laws. Like we also don't deal with it. That's the other thing. It um, is the guns. So, um, actually, what is today? The 19th? Yeah. It was Tuesday, May 24th at 1022. Last year? Yeah. It's so almost so it's a year. almost a year. Jeez. Which is, I mean, but, um, 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 but yeah, the, 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 the cops didn't do anything for, for a long time. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I guess if we're going to refuse to address the guns, then we should, we should try and, we should try and make the schools safer. Um, some somehow, but um, you know, it just seems like we're that, it's the guns. We should take away the guns. But anyway, so uh, so that's uh, so so school school safety is in there. Um, vouchers are in there. Five hundred million into the formula, and this is so. The, and this this is one of the you know we're uh, we're uh, we're armchair quarterbacks here, backseat drivers. We're uh, uh, much more of the the hack variety even though we uh, i think both of us wish we were policy experts but uh the, well those are different things i i would say that we are policy experts and on some several things, things. sure there you go there you go but on, not on education funding um or at least i'm not no um so if you ask me if i can explain if i can explain what the funding formula is we we actually like three years ago right because it was before covid we did a pretty detailed episode didn't we on the state funding formula yeah. and how it works yeah but I, I have to go back and listen to it because I don't because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember all the. We've details. done a deep dive on a lot of things that I've 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 forgotten more than I know right now. Um, but we should who we should have, we should get uh, we should get after session when this is all yeah. done. We need to get a bona fide a bona fide expert on the uh, on the funding formula yeah. to explain to us exactly what this money what this money is going to unlock. You know, I put uh, I I put into Chat GPT and ask it to explain. Like write a blog post about the Oklahoma school funding formula. <laughs> Rami is chewing on the legs of the table, <laughs> and he just got in trouble for it. Yeah, well, that's all right. Um, anyway, Chat GPT did a surprisingly good job explaining it down, like kind of distilling it down to just a few paragraphs. I sent it around to a few education people that were like, "Yeah, that's pretty close." Well, so is it accurate? They said it was pretty good. I okay. mean, I think it's. As with everything with ChatGPT and other AI, like it is a very simplistic description of a very complicated thing. So like it made it easy for me to understand, but <coughs> you could also like, it's like, you know, Interstellar, the movie also explained string theory, but like 
did not really explain string theory, right? Well, because I asked ChatGPT this week to uh, write a, a one-pager summarizing clinical trial data about a particular drug. To be clear, I was not learning about the drug. This is all information that I already know. I just wanted to see if ChatGPT right. GPT could do it. And so it did, and then it was like um, – this is what a one-pager explaining critical trial data about this drug would look like. This is all made up, but if we didn't make up the data, this is what the it would. And I was like, "But you, it said you don't because then it was like as a as a he said as an AI chatbot, I don't have access to like real-time clinical trial data." And I'm like, "But why?" Because it's behind paywalls for all the journals, but. Just this week, ChatGPT. We're way off now, but just just this week, ChatGPT opened up these connections of integrations with a bunch of services, um, so that it can start doing that, which is good and terrifying. So, we um, will have an episode in the future about AI. I'm certain of it. I mean, Scott and I text about it almost every day. Are we even doing the episode right now, or is ooh, this AI? Ooh. This could be. Are is this? Are we doing the episode about AI, or is AI doing the episode about AI? As though it is us doing the episode about. We're AI? all just plugged into the matrix, my friend. And the simulation is really simulation is going haywire right now. Why didn't I take the blue pill? <laughs> right, yeah. uh, also, great. since we're so far off, and you just said that, <laughs> it is. Did you see that in a press release this this week? Uh, uh, member, it was it. Uh, was it uh, Humphreys, maybe? One of the members of the legislature used the term red-pilling. Like, mm. like, are like you... Like as a verb? Yes. Because it's, it's it's like a thing now, right? And like like alt-right, there's like, oh, you're getting you're getting red-pilled. You're getting red-pilled. You're getting red-pilled. And because of the Matrix, right, if you take... Uh, if you take the uh, the blue pill, the blue pill is like you stay in the Matrix, right? right. And the red pill is you get... Your eyes open, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man. The world we live in. That's interesting. I uh, Listeners, if you haven't ever seen the original Matrix from 1999, yes. you should watch it. One of the best films ever made. I, th- I Honestly, I'm 42 years old, and I still think about it like at least once a month, especially with this AI and internet stuff lately. It is absolutely wild. That movie um, at the time, 20 years ago, was just eye-opening. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like also, that, pretty violent. Lots of guns I'm, there. Yeah, yes, very lots <laughs> lots of guns. Um, Although maybe that's the future to which we're headed. I will say, um, you know, I, not only do I think about the Matrix, I I think I rewatch the original Matrix, rewatch the original Matrix trilogy at least once a year. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I watched it recently before the new one came out. Oh, I did that for sure. Um, also, the new one, garbage. Hated it. Did not like it at all. It was okay. I mean, it, it was it was like a, a just a bunch of flashbacks to the original one. Yes, but not um, as good. Yes, um, but uh, but um, no, because the, there's there's there are so many levels. I feel like every time I watch The Matrix, maybe not anymore, but for at least for for for, for years and years and years, every time I watch The Matrix, I would learn something new. Yeah, like I would see something that I had not seen when I watched the movie. Yeah. Previously, you know, Heraclitus said that no man steps in the same river twice because the river changes and the man changes. I think that's true with movies. That's some deep shit right there. I mean, you know, I've been doing a deep dive into some Stoic philosophy, and Heraclitus was um, early on that train. Marcus Aurelius. That's exactly right. I've been reading uh, Meditations. Did I tell you this already? Do you listen to the Daily Stoic podcast? I do. Oh, it's so good. Do you listen to it too? Yeah, so good. Okay. Um, I also, my brother-in-law just bought me the Daily Dad that the St. Ryan um, Holiday also wrote. It's okay. Yeah. It's a little too much like a, uh, you grew up in the church, like the 
the yeah. daily devotional books. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, I just never got into it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's education funding. <laughs> we, we, um, I don't even know how to, there's not a sound effect for like how far off we went. Um, we'll just, ta-da, there we are. Okay. Now let's bring it back to Oklahoma and, uh, we'll stick with the legislature for a few more minutes here. Um, we're going to talk about, oh, just really, this is not talk about it, but Scott, I don't know if you saw the article, I think from today, um, in the Oklahoman where Scott is struggling with a dog bone over there. Great. Cool. Listeners will appreciate this fun moment after that diatribe we just went down the path of movies and greek greek uh philosophy anyway um it was, it was roman philo- well i said marcus aurelius that's roman philosophy yeah but it goes but i said heraclitus who was well, greek i mean it's true <clears throat> neither of which is uh oklahoman so uh we'll just bring him back here to uh oklahoma rim, and rimshot gif rim, gif <laughs> the, uh it's a it's an mp3 but anyway this <laughs> i can already anticipate the text messages we're going to receive from like were you guys <laughs> no we weren't no, that's right no but there's a puppy and you know it's friday um anyway there was a story today in the oklahoman that came out at a i was having this conversation with some colleagues of like what's up with the all the bills that were vetoed like are they going to override these vetoes the one that comes up top of mind right is like the oeta funding sure they cut a lot of headlines however there are 19-ish other yep. bills that were many of uh, a, a diaspora of issues, many of which are super important. Um, and there actually was a story in the Oklahoman today uh, that said, the headline said, Oklahoma Senate leader, so that's pro tem treat, um, offers hope that OETA will be funded despite Stitt's veto uh, controversy. And the I think if I read it correctly, it sounds like, Treat saying, oh, we can still fund it even if we don't override the veto. Like, we can still appropriate money to OETA even if we don't, like, reauthorize the mechanism by which it – We'll just put it in the budget. Right. Yeah. Which, again, like, there are so many things like this in government that drive me nuts, right, where it's like, um, you know, like, seems to – we all think it works one way, but also there's like an alternative method. Well, and uh, if you uh, go through and read the governor's budget proposal that he put out at the state of the state, right? Back in February? Yeah. The funding for OTA is in there. So the, well, yeah. the governor The governor included funding OTA in his budget. So apparently, if his rhetoric is to be believed, you know, three months ago, the governor was completely fine with indoctrinating and over-sexualizing <laughs> children. The governor supported the indoctrination and sexualization of children as early as or as late as February of this year, the year of our Lord, 2023. Governor Stitt was fully on board with indoctrination and sexualization of children. Or that's complete bullshit, and he knows it's complete bullshit, and he's just playing politics. Well, Which is, do you think it is? I, You know, I want to believe that words matter, but it feels like every passing day that's less and less true Particularly for, when for they politicians. Right. Yeah. I, um, it, I do appreciate that members of the media push back and said, specifically, what is it about OATA programming that you find so offensive? And I, I appreciate they did that because that's what they should do. And then I appreciate that his administration responded with a list of of a few specific things, including an episode of Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. Because because it just makes the whole thing so laughable, right? right? right. Where I'm like, no no one thinks that Clifford's, that a cartoon is somehow indoctrinating people well, into what, accepting that there are 
except LGBT accepting the existence people? of gay people, right? Like that's what he like that's what he pointed out to. This right? was a I you know I remember where I was like when very like a number of of consequential legal decisions came down and uh, affirming the rights of gay people to get married. Um, you know, decisions about don't ask, don't tell. Hell, this is being discussed on the West Wing 20 years ago, right? Yes. That's a great episode. One of my favorites. And uh, I had thought, you know, I, um, silly me for thinking this, but I thought this was settled, right? Yeah. That we could move on as a yeah. state. But yeah. alas, here we are. Anyway, uh, good news, OATA. Hopefully... Um, our friends who work over there will breathe a little bit easier tonight as they sit down for dinner with their families um, amidst the uncertainty of will they still have jobs come July 1. Also an interesting uh, interesting uh, development is a headline from the, uh, also from the Oklahoman. This was, I think, uh, yesterday because I think I sent you this article yesterday. Um, Oklahoma may mm. be hurting itself with a ban on some big banks and financial firms. Yeah. What? Yeah. we Well, you and I have sent – Several articles about this back and forth, both from in-state and national news publications. So listeners may remember that um, this has been kind of talked about for a while. I think the governor discussed it first and then now – or maybe it was a bill. But anyway, the state the state treasurer, right, Todd Russ, um, like formally stated that the state – I need to go back and look. I think maybe the bill didn't go through. So anyway, the treasurer is making this decision that that the state is not going to do any official state business with any financial entity that has um, a fund under their management that is a fund that's like a, um, in, a, a ESG, right? Yeah. A, an environmental and social good, essentially, right? right. So it's like um, – the, the problem with this is that every major financial institution has one of these funds. It's a mutual fund, right? You can have a, a fund right. full of full no, of oil companies. Right. If the, nothing, but, nothing but fossil fuels, if that's what you want. Right. There are also funds for all kinds of stuff, right? Like this is a mutual fund. If you have a retirement account at anybody, Bank of America, Fidelity, ING, any major bank, even small investment houses do this. Because it allows the consumer the individual purview to decide how they want their money invested. The company, the bank itself, invests in all kinds of shit, right? Like right. everything. They invest yes. in everything on some level. Right. And it allows you to choose things that are risky, that are not risky, or less risky, right? All bonds. You can have a mutual fund that's all bonds that don't involve any individual stock. But the state of Oklahoma, in their infinite wisdom, has said, we're not going to do business with any bank that has a fund like this. Not, <clears throat> not, not directing our money, but like if they have, if they even have this fund available to someone else, right? And they're saying, and they're saying it's because those institutions are not uh, are are not meeting their fiduciary obligations in order to get a maximum re- maximum return on investment for investors. Well, which is wrong, right? Incorrect. But it's it's also so in this particular situation. So this is in Stillwater. Um, Stillwater. The 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 Stillwater City Council had worked out that they were going to uh, update the heating and cooling systems. Do a bunch of infrastructure improvements involving water infrastructure, streetlights. This was going to cost thirteen point five million bucks. They're going to borrow the money from Bank of America because BOA offered the lowest interest rate. 
But then um, the uh, uh, Oklahoma State Treasurer said that they couldn't do that because Bank of America was no longer allowed to do business with any government entities across the state um, because they fell under this uh, one of these 13 organizations that was uh, that was uh, assessed to be boycotting oil and gas. So the next best lender had an interest rate of 0.7% higher. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're borrowing $13.5 million, that's costing Stillwater $1.2 million in, in additional costs. So not only is it untrue that these uh, financial firms are not meeting their fiduciary obligations, it is causing government entities not to meet theirs, right? That's wow. And I – Right? You, like it's literally causing – like it is causing the problem on the, on the municipal side right. that it purports to be solving – on the private side. Right. If the if the problem – if what you're trying to do, right, is you're trying to invest money so that you gain more money, right, that it right. is – it grows in, in size. You get higher returns so that you can fund your pension fund for the next generation, right? Like that's the whole idea. The reason we save money is so that money can grow. And if, you, if you've made a policy decision that is resulting in the opposite of that, it is right. costing you money, right. that is a – that is a bad policy decision. It is right. a bad fiscal decision. Right. Why would you? I mean, n- no one goes out there and seeks a higher interest rate. Right. In in almost any instance, um, my uh, the the place that we have our retirement, my wife and I, um, or at least my retirement, my wife has hers through her employer. Um, they offer environmental and social good, and over the last five years, their ESG accounts have returned a higher annual rate than um, a typical non-ESG account. So like, not only is this instance for, for Stillwater, the city of Stillwater hurting them, but like there is plenty of evidence where in many cases, the ESG funds result in a higher return, especially, this, the other thing that boggles my mind is, is especially that as industries like solar and wind are growing, right? And including in Oklahoma, where we are constantly offering incentives to battery manufacturers who are engaging. Right. I mean, right. this, right. Um, what's the name of it? In, I, I the, Pan- it the Panasonic or no, Canoe? There's, well, yes. And then there's a new one, starts with an E. I want to say it's Incel, but I feel like that that's with an I. Um, I'll pull it up in just a second here. But it's a, it's a, um, a solar panel company, and it would be one of the larger ones. Um, and so I think... It is. Oh, it's N L E N E L. Maybe it's Enel. I don't. I don't think it's Enel. <laughs> Maybe it's Enel. Anyway, they. It's a solar panel plant that's going to be built in uh, northeastern Oklahoma. It'll be the largest economic development investment in state history. This the governor is just itching to like spend this money to bring someone to bring jobs to our state. Um, and again, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's weird to me, Scott. It is frustrating and weird to me. For the governor on one hand to say, we want to spend $150 million to bring a solar company to Oklahoma. And then in the same breath to have his administration say, we're not going to do business with major banks. That fund solar companies. Right. (laughs) It makes no goddamn sense. And so it is nuts to me. Um, And this isn't, I have a master's in business administration. Like I've extensive training and, uh, in investments and I've this is an area in which I would say I'm a bit of a policy expert maybe not as much as others but like this is not unfamiliar territory to me and th- I can tell you mathematically this is a bad decision yeah yeah it's stupid 
That's stupid. It's dumb. I've uh, been weighed and measured, and you're dumb. <laughs> uh, this one's you keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah, and so I I think the problem we'll see coming along um, is that, well, for one, I didn't realize until this news article that this affected cities, right? I thought it was just state business. Uh, no, because here in Oklahoma, we're all about local control. Right, right. And when cities it, are technically an extension of the state. When it suits us. So I'll be curious, what about counties then? I think it's I think it's any I think it's any governmental entity. But I don't think that the govern that the state has the same jurisdiction over counties as they do over cities. Oh, I bet they think they do. I'm sure they think they do. <laughs> I'm sure they think they do, but I think they are wrong. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because everything in this matters, right? School bonds, right? Like go through banks. Well, what are you going to do if your school bond is like? underwritten by Bank of America. Like these are huge financial institutions. Yeah. These that, decisions have consequences. That again offer lots of things. The analogy I, I put on Twitter was like, this is like a farmer refusing to have his milk sold in Walmart because Walmart also sells soy milk. Like why would you why would you shoot yourself in the foot? Right? Be, right. Well they, they sell an alternative milk to what I offer. Okay, it's a big fucking store with millions of items. Sell your milk there. They will also sell soy milk for the consumer to choose what they would like. Their in their decision to sell soy milk says nothing about your product. I mean, I'm pretty sure Blackstone Capital is on this list. Yes, Blackstone Capital is one of the largest asset managers in the world. Yeah. Do you know how much? You know how much capital? You mean how many assets they have in a management? Um, What's your guess. I'm gonna say. One point seven trillion. No, okay, not that big. Uh, just a hair under one T. Nine hundred ninety-one billion. Okay, wow. Well, I was like, I wasn't that far off. I was like by a trillion. Double. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were only off by a trillion dollars. Uh, but but I you mean, know what like, they say: a trillion here, a trillion there. Pretty soon, it starts adding up to real money. But like this is like this is one of the like this is one of the biggest financial firms in the world. Yeah, and we're just like, nope, no, thank you, not in Oklahoma, because sometimes you give wind farms money. Right. Well. Because you allow other people <laughs> to give wind farms to money. invest in money, <laughs> it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, if I, as a consumer, choose to invest my retirement in an ESG fund, but I also choose to drive a big dog daddy <clears throat> F three fifty diesel, right? And yeah. and I drive it fast and hard, and like burn a bunch of gas because I don't care. Am I not also supporting the oil and gas industry on some level? Yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't it doesn't make business sense. It doesn't make um, it, it almost makes you think that maybe the governor built his business off of uh, luck and shady business practices as opposed to um, acumen. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What what a mess. I thought, uh, I thought that would get more of a reaction from you. Well, it's all sorry. I was <laughs> reading an email, honestly, when you said that um, the. The also the other, the truth is I've been well and you know this Scott I've been so worked up about this one issue and we all there are plenty of other issues that are more important or important in different ways and this is just one that seems so asinine to me and it, that and, it's gotten under my skin well and 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 not to, you know my my previous comment was a little bit tongue in cheek but like it is it's like this is the like you ran like you ran as the business guy. Like you ran as like 
the business numbers efficiency mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is the kind of shit you're supposed to be good at right 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 like you like you would you would not make you would not make this decision for your company so isn't you wouldn't do it here's right? a, and here's a question here's a <laughs> here's a question gateway mortgage right that governor Stitt Owned, owns. I don't know what his status is right now, but he, I guess he stepped away from day to day business. Well, right? now, now it's a bank, right? There's Gateway Mortgage. Right. So, so I was going to say, so they, right as he was running, I think they filed and received approval to be a bank. And so I'm curious if they, if Gateway Mortgage or Gateway Bank, like offers any ESG funds. Oh, that's an interesting question. So or if the, they if don't. The gov- if the gov- is the governor's company barred from doing uh, business with the state? Right. Which I, I would support for other reasons. But this raises two questions, right? Does Gateway does Gateway Bank offer ESG funds? And if not, are we at risk of seeing any of the state business directed that way? Right? Like is this is this a long con? I would think not just because they're too small, right? Like they're not big enough to do business. I mean I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the episode I mean, where anything that seems too backwards is probably the case. I have I mean again this is just something that I'm watching and be like, oh my gosh, if, if this is a way to like block off big banks so that they have to redirect investments to smaller banks, what a great way to grow his bank just a few years before he turns out, right? Say it ain't so. Would that be wild? Are you looking it up right now? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Any, do you find anything before we move on? No. Okay. While you keep looking, let's move on to our, I think our last news story or issue to discuss. Um, and Scott, this is going to be, what's, what's on the Gittner? Well, on the Gittner, uh, another week, another, another news story involving AG Gittner Drummond and Scott, I have a surprise for you. Oh, I love it. I this love it. This is our new Gittner Drummond music. It's perfect. I, I felt like it needed to be, it's perfect. A little country, a little bit of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and this will be funny as we talk about it. So the the news story about A.G. Drummond is that I think yesterday, right on Thursday, um, the news came out that he had agreed to um, like decline to prosecute any anyone who provides gender affirming care, basically, right? So um, uh, the the bill that passed was it 1639. I'm now forgetting the actual bill number, but um, there's a bill passed and signed into law um, just a couple of weeks ago that bans all gender affirming care for people under the age of 18. And the ACLU was ready for it, of course, and immediately filed a lawsuit because, and we talked about this in a previous episode, this very much like targets a specific population. And the... So the lawsuit's pending and the ACLU had requested an injunction from the court to say like, you have, you you know, hold on enforcing this while this litigation is ongoing. Um, and the ACLU filed a similar injunction on House Bill 1775, which was like the critical race theory bill last year, right? And they still have not received word about that injunction. So it's a long process to get that injunction. They filed an injunction or request for an injunction on this one. And um, before the court had a time to rule, right, A.G. Drummond proactively on his own said, you know what, I'm not going to enforce this. Like, I'm going to say we're not going to enforce this in Oklahoma 
while this case is ongoing. <clears throat> and from what I've heard, the ACLU did not know that was coming. That was totally unexpected. So this was, a again, a, a proactive effort on the part of the AG's office to say, there's litigation pending on this. We're not going to do it. We're not going to prosecute it. But he was very clear in his statement where he said, I am not saying that I agree with this. Like, and he said specifically, like, there's nothing that, that should be construed to say that I support yeah. what the opposition is doing. So he said, quote, the agreement simply allows more time to mount the strongest possible defense and should in no way be interpreted as a concession of any kind. Um, uh, with the governor's office, uh, Carly Atchison, who, God bless America, will not be with the governor's office very much longer. Uh, she sent out a statement. I think today's uh, her last day. Um, that's, that's true. And not, not only she, she didn't send out a statement, she tweeted um, that uh, that this agreement is, quote, disgusting and shameful. Um, <laughs> Wait, she uh, called the AG disgusting yeah, and shameful? Yeah, And she said that. I'm going to play and, the music uh, again. The, the governor said that he was. The governor said he was disappointed and confused by Drummond's decision. I feel like being disappointed and confused is probably a fairly common state for Governor Stitt. Uh, um, he says, let me be very clear. Senate Bill 613 was passed. I signed it. And I will not allow transgender surgeries to happen to minors in the state of Oklahoma. Um, I guess. So I guess the governor is saying he's going to enforce the law somehow. Um, uh, Stitt acknowledged, maybe, quote, maybe there's a legal argument for Drummond's decision. Um, he uh, also is no lawyer. Right? right? So he said, asked to respond to Stitt's comments, Drummond's office reiterated that delaying the enforcement was a legal strategy and not an agreement with the lawsuit. Well, given the governor's record in court, uh, <laughs> uh, and given the record of John O'Connor, his previous uh, pre- his previous AG in court, maybe, again, um, maybe he should, maybe, uh, maybe he should let the attorney general um, who was elected by the people of Oklahoma? Duly elected by the people. Uh, do do his job. Now, I I have no idea whether this is, a, you know, if, if you're the AG, I have no idea whether this is a good legal strategy or not. I don't know what it is he's trying to accomplish. We are not lawyers, but I am glad that for the time being, at least, there will not be enforcement of this law um, on people providing gender-affirming care to, uh, to Oklahomans. Yeah, and I think it's important, Scott, to see all of this as a legal strategy and as a political strategy. Oh, of course. Right? So, I mean, both their statements and how it's worded, like the governor and A.G. Drummond are shrewd politicians, right? Yes. And I would say, um, looking back over the last few months, right, Gittner Drummond has been in the news a lot. We've talked about this on the show several times that in cases like this, right? Like there's a good chance that the court at some point was going to issue an injunction to put a stay on enforcement of this anyway, right? So I think like in many cases, Drummond does essentially the bare minimum, right? Like he does, he does just what's expected, like the bare minimum and comes out of this smelling like roses, right? Where people are like, oh, right. Look at that AG. And I say people, I mean like progressives are like, woo, Drummond's on our side, even though his statement's like, I don't agree. So like he has done a good political job here of doing of doing the right thing and saying the right thing to kind of appease both sides of the aisle, right? So uh, what do you think uh, what do you think Gettner is trying to do here? I think you want my honest opinion? Yeah. <laughs> You want to blow smoke up your ass? You want my honest opinion, uh, Scott? I think both, both, yeah. Um, Scott, I think that the AG recognizes. I think he's a good attorney, and I think he recognizes that this challenge has some merit, and that it is 
if he allows it to go into effect and he's going to enforce it, one, it's an enormous amount of resources. Two, it's a terrible political move for him, right, to try to enforce this because he's got to start start filing lawsuits against doctors and children and their families. Yep. And that's not a good political move if you want to run for higher office. Well, that's what I'm saying. What do you think? Where do you, where do you, what do you think is his goal? What, what's Gittner's, uh, what's, what's he want to Take it off for? the table. Sweep it away. No, but, but to run for what? Oh, for governor. You think? Yeah, that's pretty broadly rumored. I, I, and has been for years. Yes. I also heard, uh, I was talking to somebody today that uh, said they've heard he wants to challenge Mark Wayne for the for Senate. Senate? For no the way. Senate. There's no way he goes from AG to Senate. I, I, I mean, I I'd much rather have him as than Mark Wayne Gallant, me personally as, as one person, but yeah. I will see. I, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I've, cause I have always heard, I've always heard the, uh, I've always heard the governor rumors too, right. but I was talking to somebody today that, uh, might, might, might be, in the be know. might be in the know. And they said, uh, they've, they've heard he's angling to challenge Mark Wayne. Cause that'll happen in when that'll happen in 24. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause Inhofe resigned early. Right. So that'll happen in 24. The next gubernatorial election is not till 26. Unless the, unless Governor Stitt jumps ship to run for president. Right. Which I don't think is going to happen because he's been to Iowa lately. Yeah. That I've heard of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Also, let's be honest, like r- rumors are the one thing we have plenty of around uh, here. Oh, that's a fact. They abound. The, um, a couple of weeks ago, I heard, I, I heard two conflicting rumors about, about uh, whether or not Mayor Holt was going to um, stay mayor or if he was going to resign because he got the uh, – he got appointed pre- as pre- – President of Oklahoma City University? Dean, uh, dean of oh, the law dean. school. That's right. That's right. That's dean right. of the law school. Yeah, OCU right. law. And someone was like, well, he's not going to run again. And I was like, really? And they were like, no, I have a good authority. And then like an hour later, they're like, never mind. He's going to run again. And I was like, okay, listen. I also have this on good authority. C- come back to me when you have real information, right? Like, um, Because you and I, Scott, consider and argue stuff both ways. We do it all the time. And we don't know, right? And also, anything in politics is not done until it's done. I mean, that is a fact. Everyone is going to run for something until they file or don't file, right? Uh-huh. And that doesn't happen until April. Uh-huh. So we got some we got some time. Um, but on that note, uh, listeners, if you are interested in running for office, you should uh, start having conversations and knocking doors like tomorrow. I probably wouldn't start with Senate, though. Start with the U.S. Senate? I probably wouldn't start with Senate. No. <laughs> Do you think uh, – oh, what's his name? Has he got to run again? Um, the, guy that, uh, uh, the guy that runs for everything on the Democratic side. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he will, but it doesn't matter because he's never going to win. So. I know there's a sign on uh, on 23rd, just east of 235, by Burger King, that like has a sign. What is his name? You know what I'm talking about, though. Oh yeah, but it's on him. Middle aged yeah. white guy. Yeah, professor. He's a professor. I think he's a professor. I thought he was like an attorney that just had enough money to f- pay these filing fees every two years. <laughs> but he's run for something every couple of years and has lost all of them. Yeah, that's literally never won. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, a couple of things, listeners. One, if you want to run for office, I think you should, generally. Like, you should explore it. You should also know that... But but if if you're going to, take it seriously. Take it seriously. And if you lose, it's okay, right? Like, Lincoln lost, right? Obama lost. Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team. Like, there's plenty of examples of people who lost and then doubled down and ran again. I think too often, candidates run once, 
lose, give up entirely. You should maybe give it a second go in that same district where you started to build some name recognition. There is I don't st- think you should do it like six times. There is a strong argument to be made that Barack Obama became president because he lost a race for the United States House of Representatives. Right, right. If he hadn't lost that race, he probably wouldn't run for Senate what he did. If he hadn't run for Senate what he did, he probably wouldn't be president. Right, right. It's funny that everyone just thinks like, well, he was a community organizer and then he was a president. I'm like, well, you missed a few right. steps in there. There were steps. We can't like, uh, wasn't he like the editor of the Harvard Law Review? And that was before he was a community organizer. Right, but, but like, yes. I'm just saying there were some significant steps. Went to Columbia, Harvard, Harvard right. Law Review editor. Yeah. Worked in private practice, I think. Then was community organizer. Then ran for ran 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 for U.S. House at least was, once. We did state senate too, didn't he? Yeah, state senate. Then ran for house, right. the United States House. Got his got his ass kicked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in that race, and then uh, had the opportunity to run for senate. And told Michelle, he told Michelle that if he lost the senate race, that'd be the last. That would be the last uh, race for public office he would ever run. Yeah. Whoops. I mean, it turned out okay. Surprise! They now they take vacations on Oprah's yacht. Well, there's that, yeah. Um, Which I bet is nice. I'm going to assume. I've never been on a yacht of any kind. I don't know what that threshold is for it to become. Where does it go from boat to yacht? This is a question you might know the answer to. When does a boat become like become a yacht? You know what? I wonder, let's ask what Chat GTP. What does Chat GTP say about when a boat becomes a yacht? Yeah, let's ask it. I'm going to say more than 24 feet. Let's see here. So I've got a log. There's in. no way there's a yacht that's shorter than 24 feet, right? Even that seems small. But I don't know. I mean, I grew up like going fishing in like a seven foot John boat so, <laughs> with a little Johnson motor. So I'm not okay. exactly a, a, a seafaring expert. When does a boat? I'm more like Bob Wiley on a yacht. What about Bob? I sail. I'm sailing. Okay, so the classification of a boat as a yacht is not strictly defined and can vary based on different factors, including size, luxury features, and purpose. In many cases, a yacht is considered to be a larger vessel, typically over 40 feet in length, designed Mm. for pleasure and recreation. Yachts often feature luxurious amenities and accommodations, such as multiple cabins, a galley, bathrooms, and entertainment areas. That's fair. So 40 feet. I said 24. I is as a... Very low estimate. 40 seems like an appropriate distinguishing mark, demarcation line. I was reading about Jeff Bezos' sailing yacht. Is that the one you sent me? Yeah. I haven't read it yet. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, he's a rich guy that designs penis-shaped rockets. So. 127 meters. Three masts. That's 300 feet. That's almost 400 feet. 400 feet, yeah. That requires a crew of 40 to handle her. You know what? We, let's fix this as a staff of one half. <laughs> of one person. So uh, I bet his staff make more money than I do as well. But I'm trying to change democracy for the good, and he's trying to sell us more widgets. Speaking of which, I think I ordered some stuff on Amazon today. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, I think we should wrap up. What do you think? Probably. All right. Listeners, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for being with us again this week. Scott, thanks for being here. Always. Rami, thanks for being here. He finally chilled out and laid down. That's a good, good dog. Good dog, Rami. All right, um, listeners, please go to civicscon.com and register for Oklahoma's only civics convention. I think, honestly, this may be the only civics con in the whole country. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. It's going to be really exciting. We've got some big speakers. Um, 
that have been uh, confirmed this week. I've got more coming on board next week. We'll be updating the website constantly over the next few days, and you'll start getting emails from me about that as well. If you don't already get our emails, please go to letsfixthis.org and sign up for um, our email newsletter. I promise you, we don't send very much. No spam. I don't have time to do that. You don't have time to read it. Let's make it worthwhile. Um, All right. Thanks. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rain and the sunshine. And remember that decisions are made by those who show up. Have a good week.